0: What's going on? It's time for another episode of Too Hard for the Radio, and this one's the Motocast edition. And with me today to cover everything racing and more, we've got the great Waltie Wanders in the house. Waltie. What's
1: up, my friends? Oh, Thanks for man. having me on this show. Who's ready to do a little moto whistle blowing with us today?
0: Whoop, whoop, whoop. Blow that. Freaking whistle, man. I am ready. What a race this weekend. God, I love Unadilla. If I was going to go to one track, like I've, I've done Hugo, I've done Hangtown more times than I cared to do. And I, I could never go to that track again and be perfectly happy. Glen Helen, Fox Raceway. If I was going to choose one, I think it would have to be Unadilla. Maybe Southwick just because I love the sand. But, man, you look at that track and all the grass and the dark soil and just what a beautiful place
1: yeah bro i mean it's an iconic spot i've never been to Unadilla either but it is super iconic it's beautiful it's natural um you know ter- you know for pretty, pretty much it's all, all natural terrain the grass uh they only use it once a year for pro events um you know it's new york um it's it's a gnarly track it's a bitchin track it's a unique track we're we're lucky we still have it absolutely um, i was you know, thinking that circuit. same thing
0: like i mean yeah dude and yesterday or god not yesterday sunday saturday it the track was so fast i mean when they were coming off of that sky shot air hammering fourth gear. i heard freddie noren say after the race it was the first time he ever got his bike into fourth gear on the track but dude, like to be able to stand so close to those guys and watch them go so fast is something that you can't do in any other sport. I mean, the only way you're going to get that close to a NASCAR is if you're working in the pit crew, there's just,
1: well, you know, it's funny you should bring that up because one of the things that stands out for me back in the day, I always like to talk about back in the day, um, back in the day when I went to work with triple X after my, stint with the i was the with porn star clothing we sponsored triple x and i went to work with triple x i was super pumped to go to triple x because as an next racer and a, and a current fan and rider um you know it was, it was really rad to start hitting races so we we're going to the opener at, at Glen Helen. it was my first pro race in many years i think i went to maybe a couple super crosses i went to the super bowl motocross as a kid at the la coliseum my dad took oh. me probably really young i don't you know really young kid and then we started doing like uh some anaheim's and san diego super crosses but um and uh so i go to trip i got to Glen helen for the opener with triple x and i hadn't been to a pro national before and uh I was freaked out by the straightaway. The fence line was right on the straight line. It was straightaway. Like you were practically on the track. Yeah. And it was a straightaway full of ruts, similar like we saw in Unadilla, right? Just, oh, it seemed like so many ruts, knee deep. And to see these guys bonsai, bonsai bar to bar through ruts that were just like, it wasn't just clean straight ruts. They were just all jacked up in the bikes, dancing. And I was, like, almost scared to be that close to the action. I mean, so until you've gone to, like, Supercross is rad. It's a great spectator uh, venue. But when you can get on the fence line and be that close to the action, especially in a high-speed straightaway full of ruts where it looks like they're out of control, they're just uncomfortable being uncomfortable, right? Yeah. We've heard that. We heard a lot of guys say, and
0: I just wasn't willing to hang it out like these dudes were today. You know, oh, no.
1: like I and the funny thing is, is we've all ridden and the bike starts to chatter and dance. And yeah. get fussy. And, and, and we're cool with it. Right. Especially if you see like, let's say you're flying into a corner and, you know, there's a, a little like something you can bank off of and kind of, you know, keep you from from going down like burn bashing and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, even even, you know, you feel like you're a pro. But if you're watch the tape back, you look like a goon. Yeah. You know, and so it, when you see these guys, it, it, until you've gone to a national, got right up on the fence line in a hairy part of the track and see what these guys contend with, you have, like, t- television doesn't do it justice Nothing. in my
0: opinion. Uh, dude, and Glen Helen was such a gnarly track when they would groom it for the circuit, like, for the race. I when I was racing A class, I'd practice it at Glen Helen, you know, once or twice a month. I didn't like driving out there as much. I like Kwe Creek better. But it must have been oh seven or oh eight. I was out there prepping for the national. Me and my buddy are out there, and they had this jump where you were coming like towards Mount Glen Helen, you're dropping down this hill, and on a 250F, you're hitting fifth gear and just hucking this freaking step up that was, I I don't even know how big it was. It was one of the biggest jumps I've ever done in my life. And I I remember following Villapoto going over that jump and just in the air going, I'm not racing this year. (laughs) I'm not doing this jump every lap. There's just no way if I don't do it, there's no point in me being out here. And if I'm not going to do it every lap, I'm going to get smoked. So I I just hung it up. I was like, I can't do it
1: yeah, that's another good point. Like I remember the first time
0: I was on a track, one of
1: my local tracks and and the a, a, a team Honda showed up. Team Honda showed up to to test or whatever practice. And it was like way back in the day. I was probably fourteen on my c r one twenty five um, and Team Honda shows up, and it was like Johnny O. And some other dudes hopped on. It was the Indian Dunes in Southern California near Magic Mountain. It was called the International Track. They had a few. Shadow Glen It was kind of like the outdoors. uh, International was more of like a super crossy track. So I'm over there trying to figure out the super cross track. And there's these really peaked out rhythm sections that are scary because you can't see the landing, right? You just got to go. You just got to go. And so I'm trying to figure it out. And here comes like, johnny o or one of these team factory dudes just like i'm like doubling through and they went like triple or something and i was like i'm done yeah. like i you know it's, like th- these dudes are like next level yeah and i mean i'm sure if i had you know dedicated like every day to, yeah. to the craft you know eventually as you know, the coach and people like okay hit it and third but you know as a guy just out there trying to figure it out on my own but yeah, and I've been on other tracks where, you know, even the local pro comes around, and you're just like, dude, that guy is flying. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's kind of neat when you're on a track and then you get smoked by a pro guy.
0: Oh, yeah, dude, it, it's something else. All right, let's get into, into Unadilla here a little bit. So, first thing, we run 450s first, which I can't stand. I know they did it for TV, you know, we've got a... We've got to be able to get the interviews, and we need to be able to get Jed on TV. But it just drives me nuts. I remember hearing, I think it might have been Ricky, saying, oh, you know, when we ran the 450s first back in the day, people loved that. So maybe we should do it again this year. I think I heard him bringing that up. It drives me nuts because you're supposed to be graduating to the harder class. Why give them the easier track? I get it. It's TV time. But, you know, it's, it's kind of a... I guess it's kind of a good eye-opening experience for the two hundred and fifty guys to see, like, hey, this is what you're going to have to deal with coming up.
1: Yeah, but that's not why. That's not why we did it.
0: Yeah, no, we didn't do it because we're like, oh, benefit
1: the two hundred and fifty guys. We benefit. We did it probably because Ricky wanted to do it. I mean, it's like Ricky's show, and unfortunately, it's kind of being blown apart. People are seeing through a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff. Ricky walks around like his shit don't stick. and he he deserves the accolades and the respect that he's getting. but unfortunately. For me, personally, I just see a lot of uh, cheerleading. I see a lot of just, uh, you know, hype. I don't see a lot of authenticity. He just seems like, like, I believe these playoffs might have been his idea. I believe putting the 450s first might have been his idea. But regardless of whose idea it was, he is so in Wall Street's pocket in terms of whoever the brass is, whoever's handing these these directives down, Ricky is more than on board, uh, he probably feels like he's part of it. He feels like he's an authority in the sport. He walks around and he expects, and, and I, that's why a lot of the, even the pro guys like Anderson, who watch my my YouTube channel, I just saw Levi's Kitchen started following us, uh, or his mom. Um, you know, a lot of the guys are, because we're saying the things that a lot of these pros see. With Ricky marches around, like his shit don't stink. And I think that's one of the reasons we saw Jet potentially not like, just cater to Ricky when Ricky gave him, you know, came up to, to, to interview him on the gate.
0: That was great. Uh, dude. That was such a good r- catch. Like I was watching that. I watched it through and I just did not put it together. That was such a good catch by the way. Like oh, yeah. just amazing. I mean, that
1: just captured everything I talk about. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not here to bash Ricky, dude. I'm not, I, he, he's Ricky. He's, he's going to be but in dude, our store. They're putting look, him like on
0: picture in picture. Could you believe that? Like we're trying to watch a race, and then we're gonna go battle box with Ricky Carmichael. It, it, yeah, I mean, it was I mean, wild. I see
1: through so much. I see through, through so every chance he gets, he's like the SMX, the playoffs, the SMX, the playoffs, Monster Energy, Monster Energy, playoff rounds, and and he's just he just like he's this shameless promoter. Um, in terms of that, but that's fine. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, and and, you know, Ricky, I just believe like he kind of came on in, into the industry after racing and tried to get acclimated to the, the television side of it. And so he bounced around from track side to VIP tours to whatever they, you know, getting Ricky up to speed to groom him to be the color commentator, um, for the sport or whatever. But yeah, that was kind of satisfying on one hand because, like Jet, like as Ricky, because Ricky expects everybody to bow down to him. Absolutely, and Jet, di- and Jet did not. Jet did not. In fact, Jet did Ricky a pretty big disservice by really yawning and ignoring him and wrote him off, gave him nothing. Ricky's like, so Jet, what do you think? Jet's like, yeah, "Uh, yeah, bro, uh, it's whatever. Yeah, Yeah, golf, cool. Yeah, then Ricky tries to (laughs) say, but I think we were talking about golf. And he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, all right. And he tries to like laugh it off. And Ricky showed, I think it went over Ricky's head. Like Ricky didn't realize what just happened.
0: The dude is so out of touch with reality. I wouldn't be surprised if he had no idea that there's all this hate for him. I I mean, he's got to know to some extent that it's happening, but I don't really think he understands the full extent. He's like a politician. He's surrounded by yes men. Oh, yeah, Ricky, you're so great. You're the GOAT. You're just, you're the best. We're going to get you in the booth. You're going to, you know what? We'll put you out on the track. We'll let you walk around. You can kind of pick where you're going to go. We can give you your own. We'll even put you on camera. I I believe what's going on, bro, is so Bubba came in
1: and did a couple guest spots in the booth. Um, And I believe the analytics show or any polling or focus groups that have been done have shown Bubba is more popular in that role than Ricky. Now, Ricky is Ricky, so if he wants to be in that role, regardless of what the analytics, polling, or focus groups say, there's a good chance he can power play and make sure he's that guy. Now, with that being said, I believe what we're seeing now is because it's clear Bubba is more authentic, he's more colorful, he's got more personality, He's funner in that role than Ricky because Ricky is a robot and it's not his fault. It's just his personality. And he deserves to be uh, commentating. I'm fine with him being part. I don't really dig though when I see other people's jobs placed at risk because Ricky's now got to be fit in. And I think we're seeing Bubba potentially, you know, be able to slide into more of a key role. Unfortunately, Ricky's ego is probably not going to um allow it to happen um at the level of maybe it should. But because I mean in a perfect world, Ricky's got JT's job. Yeah. Bubba's in the booth with Weege, End of story.
0: Yeah. Really? Yeah. And that's the money move. Like you said, that that's the money move. And you know, speaking of money moves, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Davy Coombs has got RC as just the schmoozer. You know when when you're trying to when you're trying to get a kid to come and play at your at your college, high school or college football. You're going to send the the coach with the best personality. We're going to go out, we're going to have dinner, we're going to have beers, we're going to talk about your kid. It's going to be great. And I think, you know, you got guys like Barsha or getting the call from Ricky, hey, don't you want to come back and get ready for SMX playoffs? We could probably toss a little money your way to make it happen. But hey, look, man, these these playoffs are important. We got to get you back to speed. We got to get you some points. We got to get you on the line. I think he got the call. Yeah,
1: no, I I kind of I, that was my thought too. And I think we we had an episode where we talked about that yeah. it, it, it over at the Wanderers uh channel. And and you know, I mean these these riders. These pro riders that tapped out, boycotted, sidelined, got hurt, whatever, they, they came in with a pretty evaporated pro lineup to the outdoors. So it was kind of a, it was a big blow to in the industry because they're ushering in this inaugural season of, of playoffs. And so then we started seeing all of a sudden people crossing the picket line. And unless there's financial gain, you don't risk your life coming to get smoked by Jet unless you're getting paid to do it. You're not doing it for fun. Nobody wants to go get embarrassed by Jet unless you're getting paid to do it. And I get it. You know, if you need these points, like you could get the call like, hey, dude, list." like you just said, you know, hey, we need to get you a few points. So when it comes to playoffs, you don't have to race LCQs and we'll throw you a little money to do it because, you know, there's a lot. The industry really wants to, um, you know, promote this component. So we've definitely been seeing that because you know, like you said, and so whether that's true or not, the truth is usually somewhere in the middle. I mean, if these guys want to race playoffs, they need to come in and race, you know, do a few races and get the and get the points. So yeah, it's a really good point. I you're, thought it you're was. Making. I
0: thought it was also interesting that Colt Nichols didn't show up this week. He showed up. He got some points. He he put on a good showing. He got himself a ride, and he said, "Fuck this," and he stayed oh, yeah. home. Well, same <laughs> with Kenny. Yeah. Where's Kenny? Yeah. Kenny
1: earned his points, is out. Unless is it? Kenny's got an agent. Even Colt's got an agent, even though his star has been absolutely handicapped. But uh, you know, Kenny's got an agent, and they're in contact with the organization, letting them know this if you want Kenny to do any more outdoors this year, this is our price to come do one. Pay up and and it's a big price tag. Why? Because be. Kenny Boy Roxon, his star power, even though he can't beat Jet, is still as big as Jet's. And which I think we should segue into the next elephant. Yeah,
0: absolutely. In the
1: room, which is um, oh, there's so many. So many to tackle, but one of the ones. So we see Ricky and the industry doing their best to sugarcoat a season that's being absolutely dominated by one rider in an evaporated field. And the people that come back are coming back from injury, and even if fully healthy, probably don't have anything from Jet. And that made me a little bit I don't want it made me laugh a little bit when I heard this was the best race if this was the best race of the year, this was the crappiest season in history. Yeah, Because all I saw is Jack come out with the pressure of a championship, and even with that added pressure, which was probably part of the yawning that he's feeling, you know, that's pressure, yeah. the nerves, the, the, what's going on around you, it's, it's, it's causing that. But the fact that this was the best moto we've seen in the year, because what, Chase actually stayed with him and then bobbled when he got close to him, yeah. he bobbled. When he got he didn't drive it in on the kid, he and even had he, even had Chase made the pass. We, I mean, if this was the best moto of the year, because Chase actually put a wheel in on him, which Jet was like, probably Jet would have passed them back in a hot second. Nobody's got anything for Jet. And speaking of that, you know, we see Jet and his family now there's a little feud going on because we called it maybe created it with Danger Boy. Danger Boy and Hunter are now basically getting into some lightweight. And the industry might be encouraging this because I've talked about this before. You need need rivalries on the track. You need some drama on the track. Now, just because they want it to be woke electric bikes, cookie cutter, bubble gum, watered down moto and mainstream and playoffs and and BS, it ain't going to happen. They understand this is hardcore sport, extreme sports. And you need a little bit of that, but we're seeing some drama now unfold. And I believe the Lawrence brothers and that family and themselves, they still feel like outsiders and they're not from America. They're over here dominating the sport, but they're from Australia. And they're never gonna feel like they're Americans. They're always gonna feel like outsiders. And they've come, they've had to fight and claw their way a little bit to get here that we've learned. And sacrifice like many families do to, with their kids, and Danger Boy hasn't. He's come in with the silver spoon in his mouth, but uh, but Danger is probably because of his dad being a metal militia. Somebody they wanted out of the sport and had to contend with a lot of the industry not wanting him there. They have stayed pretty true in terms of their colors. You know they haven't sold all the way out. They never will because. Of the chemical makeup of that family because of Metal Militia and because the industry hated yeah. the Metal Militia. What are them so far
0: gone? And that was a blessing in disguise. They were able to go out and create their own thing and mm-hmm. it changed culture. I mean, you can drive down to Southern California and still see flat-billed black hats, Dickie shorts, black shirts. You know, it's a look, the 909er. Look, I don't know if they're still oh, yeah, 909ers anymore, but I mean, he kind of, he made yeah. his own style and yeah, man, it, it, it was a great thing. I, you know, I really, really dug Hunter's, his podium speech. What, I think he, he essentially called Deegan a, a daddy's boy. who doesn't have a mind of his own. It, he did it in a, in a nicer way than that, but it, essentially that's what he was doing. And what a great move. I mean, that is well, going to thats right. going to bug I mean, him.
1: Hunter, yeah, Hunter slinged a little
0: mud back, yeah. and he
1: called it. He, he's actually right. I think he is. Because, uh, because Danger is always saying stuff you can tell. Because, he listen, here's the deal. And it's not Danger's fault, necessarily. Listen, Danger grew up worshipping his dad, worshipping his dad. Who wouldn't? The dude was the gnarliest FMX star on the face of the planet. And he did it by... Being controversial, so now we're kind of got this hybrid version of a factory rider, something that Brian never was, and but a little bit of a bad boy element to him. And even though they're about God faith family now, from what I what I've gathered, the intel I got, they're very much kind of like Folio. Does that mean they're still? That doesn't mean they're, uh, you know, singing too loud, you know, singing too loud in church or whatever. They're still. The Deegans, you know, just because they have a little bit of that in it doesn't mean it's changed who they were. You'll never change who you were, but you're absolutely right. You know, Danger Boy definitely, you know, his dad is his biggest coach and mentor. He's looked up to him his whole life. Hunter's dad wasn't an FMX star for the militia. He wasn't in the limelight. They didn't get that. They came up in a different way. There's no wrong way to come in. You know, it's just this is they came in two polar opposite ways. And this makes for the perfect rivalry, rivalry as a result. And in yeah. fact, I've said it since the beginning, this is in fact what we need. Danger boy needs to give the middle finger to the industry the way his dad did. And they're trying to do that while staying within the corporate lanes that they have to within Star Racing Yamaha. They can't give the middle finger all the way but they can be a little bad boy, but yeah, Hunter called it. He hit the nail on the head and um, I I thought it was refreshing. too. I, I think it's, I'm I had a
0: lot it. of respect for what he said. And, and again, when he said, you know, he, he kind of paraphrased Shaq's quote about, you know, pressures when you can't eat, this isn't pressure. And I thought that was great. And Hunter really comes off to me. As a blue collar guy, he seems like he should be working on a construction crew somewhere, not racing a dirt bike. Jets got a little bit more of that rock star. I'm gonna kind of float through life, but Hunter, you just get this really gritty dude who is is you know he's just putting that in the moto. He's putting in the time. He's had nothing but bad luck, and he's still just hammering. I'm I'm excited to see him on the 450. I think he's over the 250 class. I think he's going out there and he's going. These guys are ready to kill each other. For one position and I'm not willing to do that. I'm here to win 450 championships and I need to get out of this hazard class, essentially.
1: I think what I like what I'm seeing potentially out of the Lawrence is is so Hunter came in first. He was a talent, but not uh, he wasn't generational talent, but he was a talent. He showed some. And so, like, I think they covered it. kind of it kind of it made sense it, it, it possibly in the broadcast, somebody touched on it was so Hunter kind of came in first. Jet was watching and and then so jet was able to watch, observe, and then be able to benefit from Hunter already being in the machine, the promoto machine. and then when his when his talent started to, display itself they already knew how to handle a lot of it because of uh sorry my uh are you still there yeah, break I'm good. yeah we're good um and so you know the the what i'm seeing now it'll be interesting how they bridge this gap because i think they all know their role within that family right this is jet i think jet because i think there's a good chance like they're a family, right? They're they're sharing this money. It's a pool of money. So, like Hunter's money isn't Hunter's money, and Jet's money is his money and this endorsement. Now it's possible there's some of that going on, but I think there's probably a company umbrella, the Lawrence Family LLC or whatever it is. And all that money could just be going in there. Like that's how
0: that'd tight be smart. This family that would is. be very smart.
1: Yeah, I think there might be something like that. Now, when we get Hunter to the 450s. He's probably fine with that because I would be fine with that because if I knew, hey mean I, I would love to be the fastest dude in the main role, but I'm cool with Jet being that because as long as one of us is 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 doing it and dominating, and we got the uh, Hunter family LLC, you know, the money's all going into this pot that's benefiting the whole family, not just one, not just Jet. Every buddy then he's probably fine because it'll be interesting when Honda it'll be like chase and jet right now where chase went from being top dog to not top dog yeah well is hunter is hunter ready to come in and be a factory support rider now the factory teams have always had two riders your big star and your other guy your other guy just to to make sure you're you know you got Got a bike out there riders on the track right but you only have room for one star you don't want two big stars so I think you know if if you know Hunter was to come in and all of a sudden start beating Jet, we could have a problem
0: potentially
1: no, brewing there.
0: I don't think that he's going to come in and just start beating Jet right away. But at the same, but like you know, I've heard other people. I think Coach Rob's big on this. He's going to be better than than Jet, and I, I don't see that happening. I would not be surprised at all if he wins a 450 title by the end of his career. Jet can get hurt. Things can happen. Maybe he just has a really good year where he puts it together and he can win more than Jet does. You know, if there's so much that went down in the 250 class this year, Justin Cooper could be leading the points right now. Hayden Deegan could be leading the points right now, or Hunter could have an enormous lead right now, but we're still fairly tight because shit happens, you know? So I I wouldn't be surprised at all if Hunter
1: nails down a title. I believe there's a few scenarios one would be honda likes the package that they get from the lawrence brothers from a marketing standpoint we want these lawrence brothers together They're family they're wholesome they're blue collar we like this we want them both as long as they know their position jets the star hunters like we could we could own the industry with these two brothers first and second it would be like ricky bobby and cal right like that, you know, uh shake and bake. Like yeah. that could just be them. I think Honda from one aspect, we need to keep them together. This is a great feel-good story. The pit presence is insane. Um, Jet's the big star, Hunter's the big brother, the supporting cast, blah, blah, blah. Now, if some factory team comes along and offers some massive payday, that's too much I was just to gonna say the that. money, yeah. Then maybe the conversation changes but I believe at this point Honda's doing their best to keep the brothers keep them both just have Jet be the main guy and Hunter okay with not being the main guy what I'm seeing so far is Hunter is perfectly fine from not being the main yeah. guy because if Jet wins he wins too
0: but I could also see like he gets second place you know 3 years in a row and then he gets a call from Star Yamaha and says hey we got a we got a a hot bike here for you and I, I could or see big, something like that payday. happen. Yeah. yeah. So or a pay, big payday. Like Either, way. Either a, way. It would
1: have to be the big payday. I mean, at one point, I guess you're right because it could be like, okay, like, I mean, things change. Money is usually what changes stuff for people. And, but, you know, at some point when it's like, okay, it's not about the money anymore. It's like with Kenny, it's not about the money. I got enough money to retire on now. Now it's about not getting killed or yeah, injured or paralyzed exactly. or whatever. And so or but if you're still ultra competitive, and you haven't had the big injury yet, you're still willing to go out there and push the limits, not because of the money, because of the, com- the co- competitive nature in which in which you you know uh, live. You know, you just you're competitive still. Like I want to be the champ. Like I want to be the yeah. guy. Until you've got the big injury, usually it doesn't put the fear of God into you, so oh, to speak. Yeah. Until you've got the big. I thought injury, I, right? I thought
0: I was invincible. Even when I was in the hospital, I, a month in, I still was just treating this like any normal injury on a dirt bike. Yeah, I'll be fine. The doctors are going to patch me up. I'll be back on a pole next week. I'll be back on a bike in a couple of months. It, you know, finally I had two surgeries, two days in a row. And my burn doctor came in and said, this is beyond what we can do. And we need to bring in a plastic surgeon. And at that point I kind of like realized that I was mortal. and it it just sucked it was like holy crap this is really bad they can't fix me and i don't know what i'm gonna do so yeah Yeah, that could totally
1: horrible it's a horrible thing to go through and and and, it builds character
0: and if you can get back if you can get back on the bike you'll be a better person for it if your body still works you know like i i do not doubt for a second that ac is a much better man today than he would have been without all the injuries, but all of that character can't help his wrist stop from going. It's numb. hard,
1: dude. You I know? mean, it's hard. Like I've been through some pretty big challenges in life and I don't regret them now, but I certainly, you know, don't want to have to go through it again because oh, no. of the character building, the appreciation maybe that I have for life. I know other amputees, some are still stuck. I got a, one of my best friends, he's paralyzed in a wheelchair. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's he's pissed. And yeah. then I got another friend who lost his leg, and they tried to save it for years and years and years, and it just would get infected and jacked up. His quality of life sucked, and they finally yeah. said just amputate things. Like that's I said, that that's should what have happened to my hand ago.
0: That's what happened have done a long time ago. Is yeah. my
1: quality of life improved? As soon as I just stopped messing with this limb, you know, trying to yeah. save it. I just let it go. So it's it's one of those things, but like the AC scenario, that's a good one too, because. See, I think he's what happens is he's been through an emotional roller coaster of a different yeah. kind. His star was huge and then it faded. And he sees his. he's now got to practice acceptance and he's got to accept the fact he is not going to live up to the hype that he was supposed to live up to. And the mental anguish has clearly been significant, uh, for him. And I believe he's suffered from depression as we all do to some level. We all are going to be depressed here and there. It's that clinical depression that can be a little tricky. And so he's turned to self-help books and things like that, which I've done myself, uh, practice a lot of like, um, you know, higher thinking techniques in order to become a a better person not even to get out of depression, just because I want to crush it and kill it. Like, And so I see some of that out of AC, but he he's uh, you know, that's I think what we're seeing out of AC right now is, you know, he's he's knows that he wants to be in the booth. And that's why I started his YouTube channel. But I don't know if he's going to make it. I don't know if he's going to make it to the booth. First of all, never tell anybody your plans. And he should have kept that on the down low and just went ahead and did that and said it in private, not all publicly. I want to be in the booth. I want to be in the booth. Now people are gunning uh, for him. Well, yeah, he, at best, he's going to be maybe a spokesperson for a company or another channel. I don't he know. He could be a team manager.
0: Be... I could see him being a team manager. Maybe something, like, something that, like that. He'll find know? a role within sure. the industry,
1: but I don't think he'll be an announcer.
0: Yeah. All right. So while we're on team Kawasaki. I
1: hope so, because that's what he wants to do, clearly.
0: So while we're on so Kawasaki's, on. I, I right away, Moto won a 250 class. We've got... Four green bikes out front, and I'm thinking right off the bat, Kawasaki fa- Pro Circuit found something on the weeks off. I, I, what do you think? Do you, did they find something, or are their guys just starting to come around?
1: You mean with uh, with the bike, the with Anderson? With, Anderson with, no, Anderson, oh, no, Carolla? 250
0: class, 250 class. Sorry, Team Pro Circuit. Oh, the chi- all I'm these sorry. guys, all their guys were whole shotting they're running up front Are are there guys just come starting to come around with more race pace or did they find something with the bike
1: yeah no i think the bike's always been good i think uh it's it could be i mean that's a good question i I think possibly unadilla caters to that bike if you've Mm. got extra horsepower because you can open the bike up um and um I think for a lot of these riders, when you're the championship pressure is now off, you can ride more uh, relaxed. And and so yeah, I mean I I I guess, you know, I don't know, it's it's tough right now in both classes because I think most of the field understands like it's pretty much the season's over. Yeah. You're almost either racing for your for your next year or mm-hmm. your next contract or just uh, finish money or whatever the case may be. But, yeah, Pro Circuit did um, put a lot of bikes kind of up front where we used to always see them and expect to see them. Um, Borkner, you know, can't buy a brake. He's got, yeah. got the AC Black Cloud. That was a great a second moto for
0: him, though. The second moto for him went great. I, I was happy to see that.
1: Yeah, I like – because you know what I like about uh, – and you see that's just the thing As we are as human beings a lot of times when we see people come in with all this hype and then they get arrogant start flexing on social media showing the money we don't like that but when somebody's humbled by having to come back the way maybe we've had to come back and take some, some blows and do it publicly like um you know i feel bad now for austin because you know that was an ugly crash that he had at a1 um you know he works really hard to get back on the gate just to have it evaporate so he looks good good too he looks
0: like he's in shape he's 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 athletic looking a lot of not not all these guys look athletic he's he's got a nice athletic build to him i think he could make some damage i I agree dude he looks like the type
1: of dude you want to cheer for too. you know he's he's just like he's got kind of this not this chiseled good look he's kind he's kind of in a sense and He's grown into his man body. Yeah, you know he's he he looks like a man, a man
0: compared to the rest of the yeah. You put him next to Hayden Deegan and he's a man compared to a boy. Still, that's that's a great point.
1: And he seems like he has a pretty decent personality, at least what you can you know read between the lines in terms of what you see uh, you know on, on interviews and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like that he's working with Rhino. Rhino's was always one of my favorite writers. One of the best days I've ever had on the track. I was out at Quee Creek with my with my buddy Kelly Ancy, she was running a, a private motocross school for a couple kids, and she asked if I wanted to come out and be her riding dummy. She would you know, send me through corners and point out what I did right and what I did wrong, and I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I get to go out to Queer Creek for the day. And um, Ryan Hughes and Danny Laporte showed up. Danny Laporte was testing FMF dual pipes on a Suzuki 450 that day, which was wild just one of the best days rhino is the freaking man as as a younger kid like i was probably 20 maybe 19 at the time and i'm like six foot three and at the time i was like 155 160 pounds and everybody was always you got to keep your weight down you're too heavy you're racing against these kids that are 130 pounds and they're just smoking you so i was always afraid to put like a decent amount of weight on i wanted to get up to like 165 170 but I was I was afraid to go any further than that. And Rhino, he was just like, ah, oh, screw that, dude. Gain the freaking weight. Put on some muscle. You need to be able to yeah. wrestle this bike around before you get on a 450. And it was kind of like, oh, duh. <laughs> this is one of the best pieces yeah, of the Yeah, yeah. I mean, I ever got.
1: nowadays we've got nowadays we've got butt, body and muscle mat. Everything's down to a science. And and yeah. Ryan Hughes is a little bit of a mad scientist. What I like about the guy is he's really doesn't fit into the mold of the stereotypical uh moto guy is very salt of the earth right he yeah. looks like a hippie a throwback guy you know riot rhino power supplements have done pretty well he's, yeah. he's had that for quite a while and he used to just sponsor riders he had a uh i think a uh, riding school I and mean, a lot of pros like privateers would sign up to go do the rhino power riding school one year when i had moto star i think back 2012 or so i sponsored this rider eric montrell he's just some nobody and and we were scouting riders because we have this extra bike, uh, 450, that we wanted to maybe see if we could get somebody to ride it and wrap it in Motostar Graphics. And so I Ryan Hughes called me, or I called him, to ask about a rider he had at his school and what he thought. And so I was on the phone with Ryan now, first time I'd ever talked to him. And I said, yeah, hey, I'm with Motostar, I have a clothing line and And we want to put a bike on there just to get some extra uh, marketing for the brand. And and this Eric Montrell guy, what do you think? And he's like, yeah, you know, he's pretty good. you know, I don't, he didn't really have my business partner at the time had already decided on this guy. But I, I tried to solicit Rhino because what I was doing back then with Motostar is I was doing co-branded clothing. Like I do mm. Motostar Rock River okay. prints or Motostar Ankle Savers or Motostar. I was I was targeting big riders, too, like rider print clothing. And I, I tried to get Rhino Power, I think, to do a co-brand um, with Motostar. And, well, I had him on the phone, and um, I wanted to do a percentage of sales. I think he just wanted straight up cash. but. Yeah. Anyway, I like the guy, um, and that's my only experience I've had personally with Rhino. And um, he was nice on the phone. He, he gave it to me straight in terms of the rider I was about to help. And, uh, you know, he said he had other riders he'd probably choose first um, over the guy. Um, but, you know, Rhino is very salt-of-the-earth different, and he's not. he's very unorthodox. So yeah. I don't believe he's the type of guy, like Nick Way – and Ace, you know, he's more of like, okay, like Nick Wave fits the mold, the Johnny-O. You just don't really – I think Rhino needs to can't concentrate more on Rhino power supplements. But, yeah, I would love to see, like, Austin all of a sudden do really well with Rhino as his personal coach. Because I think, you know, that would shake up the industry. It would. Kind of a middle finger to the industry. And I'm all about
0: that. I, I like the way Rhino was teaching how to ride. I, it makes a lot of sense to me. I never rode that way. You know, I've watched a lot of his videos. You keep your hips out, your back straight. And I mean, he's essentially describing Jet Lawrence, <laughs> you know, to a T. All right. And while we're on Jet, so now he's got the championship. What do you think about perfect season? I've gotten a little bit of shit. Because I've said that even though the class is decimated compared to last year, I still think his competition is probably better than Ricky had in 2002. I mean, in 2002, you had Tim Ferry. Um, I don't remember who got third. Ezra Lusk, I think. And then your boy, Kyle Lewis. I think Tim Ferry had like two two national wins at that point in, in the 254-50 class. You know, we've got sexton who didn't race the whole season but you know he's a 450 supercross champion we've got Ferrandis, who's a 450 motocross champion and we've got a lot of guys who've won you know won races what do you think is is this a harder a harder uh perfect season than ricky had no two no um
1: i'm and no it's just different era um but I don't know. I think I remember seeing Ricky like lap the entire field yeah. at one point. And uh, I haven't seen Jet lap the entire field. Um, so that's true. Yeah. I. I, I think it's a different that, type of
0: racer, I guess maybe it's yeah, not. Maybe he just doesn't have the speed to do that.
1: I, I, I don't. I mean, he's I think I think that it's going to be hard because. Ricky wasn't a rookie, I don't believe, when he had no. his perfect season. This is only the first time I think a, a rookie's gone for yeah. the perfect oh, yeah. season, and came so anywhere near it. it, it.
0: A, like nobody's yeah, even came and, near and it. I,
1: I just don't think we've seen Jet truly challenge. So he's riding. I think he's doing it. He's making it look easier than Ricky because his efficiency on the bike is is he's just a more efficient rider. and yeah. right? You know his 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 skill set and style and nature. But in terms of yeah, I mean, it, you would ha- if you were a betting man, you would have
0: to bet on perfect season. Oh, absolutely. Like I, I mean shown us
1: everything. And, and at hey, this yeah. point,
0: he wants it. You know, I, I heard somebody ask him, "Would you rather have donations or a perfect season?" He said, "Give me the perfect season. Put me in the put me in the record books."
1: Yeah, because I mean, what Bubba and Ricky are the only writers to do that. So you want to join that that group, and that will definitely cement. Your your you you no, you you know, cement, place in your history. accolades, yeah. you know, yeah, your place in history. So, yeah, I would say, you know, I mean, anything can happen. This is Modo. Um, so we'll see what happens if I was a bet man. Of course, I'm going to say perfect season, um, you know, but for Andes, you know, whether jet, I don't, I think there was some nerves this last week in Oak, only because it was championship weekend for him. Now that that's, that's like, now that that's done, Maybe we see him just completely annihilate the field, or maybe we just see him, you know, and there's no extra bonus necessarily for per I'm sure there's some money involved somehow, but it's not in this contract. No yeah. contracts have extra money for perfect season that I'm aware of. Um, But I'm sure there is some money somehow.
0: Maybe, maybe there will now.
1: <laughs> maybe there will be now, like maybe Honda finds a way Yeah. or the industry, like if you, you know, if you get the perfect season. This is, you know, the incentives that, yeah. that come along with it, but it's nothing like the, the championship contract money that, that he just won. So, yeah, it'll be fun to watch. I think that, you know, we have to expect the perfect season. If we don't get one, um, it will be because Jet decided, or or so magically a Ferrandis or a Sexton just all of a sudden um you know uh, go beast mode and the tracks kind of catering to a style that caters to their riding style but right now the efficiency like and the, that we're seeing out of jets and i haven't seen them once uncomfortable no. these guys are uncomfortable just trying to keep them well in in sight i think you know, actually
0: unadillo moto one he was that was probably the most uncomfortable we've seen him and he still cruised to a victory i i heard him say on the podium that he had a bike issue and then he you know he couldn't go as fast as he wanted and i go oh well Uh, we'll see what happens and we'll see what happens early on and, and you know early on in the second moto he just went blown by and i went well sexton brandis you guys blew it that was your moto moto one. That was your moto. He had a bike issue. He wasn't that comfortable and Sexton freaking blew it. If he'd have gave it a couple more corners, he might've been able to at least try and pass him that it looked like he was almost just bonsai going for, I'm, I'm going to crash and screw it. No, I think
1: like you said, he realized he was close enough. He saw the opening and realized he probably shouldn't have taken it. He was afraid of you know, putting him down, so he sacrificed himself. Which doesn't make a
0: lot of sense seeing as how he's going to KTM. I mean, uh, I guess you don't want other teams to see that you don't give a shit when you're on your way out. But, you know, at the same time... Go for it, man. I I want to see you go for it. If you're going to show him a wheel, put him out of the rut. Don't mess around and pussyfoot it and try to sneak yeah, it I in there on him. Push up, him outside.
1: <laughs> yeah. They're at the same truck. They're probably halfway cordial with each other. He, he, at this point, there wasn't anything to gain by putting them down other than the fans might've gone ape shit, but maybe they would've got booed. Oh, he would've got booed for sure. I would've, if if it was me,
0: I'm still doing it. I don't care. You know, they'll get over it. (laughs) That's the way I would used to think about it. You know, am I going to, am I going to, I'll take this kid out. He's parked two trucks down from us. Well, he'll get over it. You
1: know, (laughs) Well, that's what I love. Like, and I'm bummed that Barsha didn't have a better race. Yeah, hey, me you know, too. That I like Barsha. He's from the area, and I'm a Barsha fan because uh, you know Barsha, you know he's for me. He's the style rider I like because he's gonna rub you. He's gonna ride you hard. I mean, this is an aggressive sport. It's not as much as we have Ricky hyping golf and stuff like that. This is not golf. It's not a gentleman's sport. It's an asshole sport, Yeah, you know, I mean, that's just the realities of it. Yeah. I mean, at least on the track, like off the track, we can be, oh, you yeah. know, a sweetheart. Yeah. But when you're on the track, that's the chance for your alter you ego go for now it. to come out. Right. And it has to. So like, for me, I like to see aggressive racing. I don't want to me see too. takeout moves, like just T-boning people and cleaning them out. I mean, I do, but I don't. Like, I don't want to see that, like,
0: that's, you know, something to expect out of the guy. But I want while, it to, like, go to the point certain. where they're going to get hurt and then back it off 30%. You know what I mean? Well,
1: <laughs> I, like when, I like when you knew, when you hear riders say, like, like somebody's behind me, I know I got to ride different because the guy ain't playing around. He might ride me ride. Like, that's, I like having that guy on the track. I like the guy you got to watch for, you know? And so I don't know, It's just the era I came up in, you know, that was more, that was more, uh, common yeah. to see that kind of stuff. When Pike starts this stuff, you know, going WWF on Vince freeze <laughs> on the track. Like you yeah. would never see that anymore. If you no. did, the rider would be 86 from racing because we're so soft now.
0: We're not even seeing like, dude. The tension between Rhino and Mike Brown in like o two o three, dude, those guys freaking hated each other, and you had to keep you had to keep those semis apart because if you'd let them, they'd go rip each other's heads off in between motos.
1: Oh yeah, you remember? There's so many after races where you just the camera would fall. Not anymore. Follow the rider pissed off going over to the other truck to confront the rider that wrote them hard or dirty or crossed or whatever the case may be talked about their girlfriend, whatever. Like that's like, like it was super common, but we're trying to really change that. Ricky doesn't want that. Ricky wants this to be a mainstream sport with, with playoff rounds and, and mainstream. He he wants money. Let's bring in the penalty
0: flags. Why don't we bring in penalty flags and we'll start throwing yellow flags at these guys when they, when they rub them up too high up Let's do a replay. Let's see. Did he hit him too hard or what? Was he, was this a racing incident or was he going a little too hard? Yeah. That it's crazy. (laughs) What do you think about motocross donations? Who's going this year? Yeah. You know, I don't know. We'll have to get uh, together on our
1: next, uh, our next collaboration and talk about donations because um, yeah. Yeah. Let's do that, my brother. In fact, if it's okay, if we could stop the show here, um, we can pick it back up after next weekend's and and uh, go hard, charge it full throttle, and just once again throw. Go ahead, go ahead. Throw people under the bus if we have to. Absolutely, read between the lines, look between the cracks. Waters were swimming and now shark infested in these Wall Street suits have to be stopped, my friend. They got to be stopped because we can't let them take over the coolest sport on earth and water it down and sugarcoat it. Can't have that now, can we?
0: We cannot. This cannot stand and, and just (laughs) a a, a real quick, before we get out of here, the way I'm going to set this show up is I'm going to, I'm going to label this one different because I know moto guys are always shut up. Just talk about moto. We don't care about anything else, which is, you know, fun, but not, not the right place to be. So I'm going to label these things separately so people can go straight to the moto cast, but start listening to the other podcasts too. learn a little bit about the world around you. Walty, it's been a pleasure. We'll see you next week. Round
1: for room, kicking on the street. Mac Drake, full of the Hennessy. 18, making rocks till I'm it though. And too hard for the fucking radio.